When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Lottie Deal, a sustainability expert with a passion for the planet. But it hasn't always been that way. Four years ago, I made a New Year's resolution that actually stuck. I pledged to do better for the planet. But in practice, it was so much harder than I anticipated. Plastic is in literally everything. Greenwashing smothers our shelves. It was so hard. So I've dedicated my life to make living sustainably easy. So easy that there's no reason not to save our planet. In this podcast series, you'll hear me talk to experts and everyday individuals who are also navigating their way through trying to do their bit. From recycling to composting to upcycling and next-gen innovation, I'll fill your ears with the best and greatest sustainable babble. So if you're new to sustainability or you just want to learn more, then listen up because together we're going to save our planet. industry is the second biggest polluter in Australia after oil and gas, but Australians are also the second largest consumers of textiles around the world. Today I'm talking to Zoltan Sharkey about the impact of the clothing industry, but also highlighting all of those pesky e-commerce returns. So back in 2018, Burberry was exposed for burning their stock at the end of the season because they weren't really sure what to do with the excess and they didn't want to end it, 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 it to end up in op shops and be cheapened and what have you. So we're starting to see a whole kind of revolt against this and, and looking to brands to be held accountable for what they do with this excess stock. Now, Citizen Wolf are the creators of Magic Fit technology, which is 94% accurate in giving you that perfect fit to reduce the number of e-commerce returns. So first of all, Zoltan, do you want to talk us through a little bit about all of this technology in getting the perfectly fit or the perfect fit for a t-shirt? Sure. Well, thank you. Firstly, thank you for having me, Lottie. It's lovely to be here and it's always an honour to talk about Citizen Wolf and our journey and, and, and what we do. Um, to answer your question, yeah, uh, we basically started the business because the fashion industry is broken. That's the simple truth. Um, but nobody in the industry wants to admit it and nobody wants to talk about it. And it's broken because overproduction is the default. It's the model. You know, you graduate fashion school, you want to be a designer, you, you do your drawings, make your, make your twirls, and then you go and find a factory somewhere in the world to make it for you. And nine times out of ten, you have to meet a minimum quantity, which, you know, you probably can't sell. And that problem scales, at, you know, whether you're fresh out of design school or whether you're the biggest corporation in the world, in that nobody knows what's going to sell tomorrow, next week, in three months' time. And so when all of your purchasing decisions are based around guessing, the reality is you're going to get it wrong. And you multiply that by every single fashion brand that exists on the planet or almost every single fashion brand that exists on the planet. And the number of mistakes 
you know, in terms of garments that are produced, that are made, that do not need to be made um, because the forecasts for sales were incorrect. You know, those numbers start to balloon and it just becomes an exponential curve uh, of waste. And the, the stats are super clear on this. So one in three pieces of clothing made every year goes to landfill unsold. And your example of Burberry, they got caught, but everybody does it, right? Everybody does it. And whether they burn it or whether they just punch holes in it to preserve brand equity um, so that, you know, it doesn't end up in op shops, to your point, and the wrong type of people don't end up wearing those clothes. Um, the, res- the results are the same, you know. The, the, there's a mountain of waste that, that lies behind this facade of new and cool and fashion and, and trend. Um, and that mountain of waste, it's quite simply, it's choking the planet. It's killing the planet. And it's completely at odds with humanity's desire and need to solve climate change. So I'm on record as saying as loudly as I can, anywhere I possibly can, like we cannot solve climate change without changing the fashion industry, without changing the way that clothes are made at scale without moving fashion away from mass production and overproduction and without moving fashion to a made-to-order model. And that's what we do here at Citizen Wolf. Every single thing we make is, it already has a home. You know, we're not trying to guess what somebody might want. By contrast, what we do, it's really simple when you think about it. You know, we don't try and guess what you want. We just ask you what you want and then we go and make it. It's not, it's not rocket science. It's quite difficult on the supply side. You know, that, that's, that the simplicity of that statement belies a huge amount of complexity underneath. But when you, when you distill it, that, that's what it comes down to. I think it's a really interesting model, but it also would come down so much to your communications and it would fall on you as Citizen Wolf to kind of turn around to people and say, we will make this T-shirt for you so you're not going to get it tomorrow. And it is going to cost you more because it's going to be made in Sydney and then it's going to be sent to you. How do you? How has that communication been? Obviously, once they purchase it, they're signed up, they're ready, they're happy to do that. But how do you go with communicating that to the everyday consumer who's used to ordering something right now and having it on their doorstep tomorrow morning at 9am? That's an excellent question. Um because in so many ways we're swimming against the tide in fashion and and speed of delivery is is you know one of those one of those expectations i think that that the consumer has um, and has been trained to have you know huge businesses have been built off the value proposition of, of speed whether that's speed in delivery or, or or the speed of fast fashion from catwalk to 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 rack you know but I think it's it's interesting because that speed is really the the core of the behavior change that I think needs to change. Um, or sorry, the core of the behavior that needs to change, um, or the expectation in order f- you know in order for people to reassess the relationship they have with their clothes. Because at the end of the day, we have you know clothes have never been cheaper in history than they are today. Um, we've never we've never had as many clothes as, as we all individually have and we've never been able to, to buy as many clothes. Um, and, you know, your point at the start is that we, Australia is the second largest consumer of textiles 
in the world per capita after America. And so everybody does just buy a lot of stuff. But everybody also knows that they have a wardrobe full of stuff and nothing to wear, you know, and, and that's really, really sad because what it means is that people have completely lost touch with the value of the things that they put on their body. Um, so one really interesting thing we find with Citizen Wolf and, and our customers is that they tend to have a, a different emotional relationship with their clothes, with the Citizen Wolf clothes. Um, and I say that in terms of because they've had a hand in creating that garment, um, you know, they've chosen the fabric, they've chosen the colour, they've chosen the style. Maybe they've added a pocket or maybe they've made the sleeves seven-eighths instead of three-quarters in terms of length or whatever it might be, you know, and, of course, it's custom-made to fit their body and nobody else's. Because they've had involvement in the creation of that garment and they have consciously, in a way, they've, they've sort of given birth to that thing, you know, in, in a way that's in direct opposition to just the pick and pack of, of sort of standard size breaks. Um, because they've done that, they have a different relationship with, with that thing. And, and what that means is that they tend to wear it more often, you know, and that's a function of fit as well. When things fit better, you tend to naturally gravitate to that's the thing you pick in the morning when you're kind of tired and just trying to get out the door. Um, because things that fit you well make you feel good about yourself. And conversely, when things fit weird or not quite right, you, you're conscious of it all through the day. So fits a really powerful motivator you know so when you when you've had a hand in making something or being part of its creation uh you want to wear it more but also if it breaks rather than rush to to replace it you actually want to fix it and keep it and you know that's the best outcome for the planet is that we actually just wear the clothes that we already own for longer now that's not to say you should never buy anything it's just that you should buy mindfully and, and really make sure that you use that thing for as long as you can. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, the, uh, that's what we find in terms of uh, our customers have a different relationship with our clothes. I think it's a really interesting point around kind of the fit and how getting it so right will increase the likelihood of somebody picking it up and wearing it. And I think it's also really important for us to point out today that magic fit technology isn't just kind of going to the website and looking at a size guide and saying, yep, I'm a size 10, so I would normally wear this size in a Citizen Wolf t-shirt. It's literally going this is my cup size, this is, I prefer a t-shirt tighter or I prefer it a bit kind of looser, I prefer this height, this is how tall I am, this is the kind of build that I am. So it is literally looking at your body shape and that t-shirt is never going to be made for anybody else. It will fit you like a glove but it will not fit anybody else like a glove. So I think that having it personalized and having using all of those data points that you guys have to kind of the history of kind of what works, what doesn't work, how it's going to actually fit and sit on the body is amazing. But it also means that you're kind of not going to an online store and kind of purchasing two different sizes to kind of see which one you're going to fit in and then you're going to send one back or, you know what, I'm going to buy three different dresses and then I'll see which one is the perfect fit or the right color for me. And then I'm going to just send the other two back, which I'm sure so many people are actually guilty of. But what we don't actually think about is the environmental impact of the 
of these e-commerce returns, it's not only the fact that a delivery driver has dropped everything off and then they're going to pick it up and then it's going to travel back maybe on planes to the factory where it was actually sent from originally. But do these, I don't know if you will have the answer to this, but do these items actually then get resold again or do they just kind of get discarded onto a pile? The answer to that is sometimes yes and sometimes no Um, because so much of it is conditional but the reality is it's sometimes often perhaps cheaper for the retailer to not go through the process of trying to get it back into stock to be resold than it is to just simply throw it out you know so if you buy that thing on sale you know if it's if it's already on discount when you buy it chances are that the the retailer's not making much margin to begin with so for you to return it and then for them to have to spend more money on you know checking that it's not marked and refolding it or repressing it and putting it back on the shelf and then hoping that somebody's going to buy it again you know it often that just doesn't happen and they're like ah stuff it just just put it in the in the discard bin um and heaps so much of the of the landfill problem is you know occurs there in terms of e-com returns so in australia in fashion online fashion um depending on on who you read and what you believe return rates range anywhere from 30 to 50 percent so you think about that from a like from the retailer's perspective that's insane for you know you take three dollars in and you know automatically that you've got to give a dollar back it's just wild. Uh- Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market um and it's it's clearly unsustainable and and it's because of you know the behavior that you outlined that bracket buying where you might not know the size so you buy two or even three maybe or to your point you, you're not quite sure if the color's right so so you might buy a couple of different things and then returns are free so it's easy enough. It's a little bit of a. It's a little bit of friction. You got to go to the post office or whatever. It's a bit of a hassle, but you know, not really. And and so that's what that's the behaviour that we've all been trained to to do by the industry. You know, but the inverse, the flip side, is incredibly high, like stupidly high returns. Um, and that's bad for business, but it's a horrible, terrible option for the planet. So by contrast at Citizen Wolf, our return rate is about four times better than the, than the industry average. So our, we actually don't have any returns. Our return rate technically is zero because we never ask for anything back. But if something doesn't, if we make something custom to fit your body and it doesn't fit, you know, uh, that fail rate we consider equivalent to our return rate, right? So that fail rate of our Magic Fit technology is is anywhere between six and eight percent um so yeah like automatically our model is four times better than the industry 
Um, but we're also, de- you know, delivering a better product as well in terms of custom fit because, you know, what we were talking about before, when things fit you, you tend to love them more and, and wear them more often and ultimately in clothing, that, that's kind of what you want. Um, I also think but- something that's really interesting, just to jump in on you there, is the fact as well that you're offering free repairs as well. So if something, if you've literally worn that T-shirt to death or you've got some kind of holes in it or something like that, customers can send their item back to you and then you'll repair it. So you're kind of not asking for that repurchase. You're not going, great, yes, you've actually ruined that T-shirt, time to buy another one. It's again using those sustainability principles to kind of encourage repair because I'm somebody who's kind of, always repaired things, always taken my shoes to be resold, always done that. But that doesn't really happen to that many people. Well, not many people actually Mm. participate and do those kinds of things. So I think even though you're incentivizing it by offering free repairs, I think it's really exciting to see. Thanks. Like we're not the innovators at all in in terms of free repair. Many brands have, have, you know, blazed that trail before us and and we're just happy to, to kind of slipstream along in a way behind them um, because unequivocally it's the right thing to do for the planet. And it's also the right thing to do for the customer long-term as well, you know, but it's, it's important to say that we do our very best to help ourselves (laughs) from a business perspective by ensuring that everything we make is exceptionally high quality. And in fact, is designed not to break. Contrary to fast fashion, which is designed to last one, maybe two wash cycles, right, before it's sort of had its use-by date or you consider a loose thread to be just, oh, that's what it is. You know, like by contrast, we design um, everything to to have a, a, a lifespan that we count in years, not wash cycles. I still I get emails to this day from people that found us almost six years ago in the very first batch of teas, long before Magic Fit and the algorithm and the whole bit, you know, um, when we were hand cutting every T-shirt in Surrey Hills. And um, I still get emails to this day by people saying, look, I've got a black T-shirt. It's almost six years old. It looks as, almost as good as the, as the day that I bought it from you. And, um, and it hasn't needed to be repaired because if you, have, if you start with fantastic fabric and you make it to last, it's actually not that hard to make it to last, <laughs> um, then then you know clothes should should really last years it's not yeah. it's not exceptional to think that your clothes should last years they really should um so so yeah that that's kind of you know fair repairs is is a big thing i think as well it's kind of reframing customer expectations because I know from a brand's perspective customer service and customer satisfaction is their number one priority so offering free returns is their way of kind of boosting that but it would be great to see customers demanding for free repairs instead of free returns and then we can see that becoming the new norm so I think that would be something that would be really exciting and then again if there if it is going to be free returns on the it's going to put the onus on these big companies to actually make good quality products that don't need repairing because those repairs still do cost money so they would want to make a product that isn't going to last longer so that it doesn't need to use those kind of free repairs so again yes if they want to use free repairs as a marketing term then great 
go for it because if they don't need to use it because everything's made with such superb quality, wouldn't that just be an idyllic world? Totally. <laughs> totally. And I think, you know, you've touched on something which I think is really important and will only grow over time in terms of, of its importance at a business level but also at a regulation level and at the customer level too, and that's, um, you know, product stewardship. And the, you know, brands or manufacturers taking responsibility for what they put into the world for the entire life cycle of that product. Basically, take back schemes, you know, and and then obviously what do you do with the things that come back because that's equally important. You can't just take it back yourself and throw it in the bin. That doesn't help. So only a couple of months ago or earlier this year, we launched our take-back scheme. Um, so we'll now make you a T-shirt out of any natural fabric, fibre fabric that we, that we sell. Um, we hope that you wear it for many years. If it breaks, as I said, we'll happily repair it for you so you can keep wearing it for many years. But for whatever reason, when you get done with that thing, we, we want you to bring it back to us. Because what we can do with it is actually combine it with the pre-consumer waste that comes off our laser cutter um, and it gets turned into a, into a recycled fabric from which we can create your next T-shirt. So we are truly circular and I think it, I really, I'm really proud of this and, I, and I, I want to talk about it because so much of the circularity conversation in Australia revolves around re-commerce and reuse and, and I in some ways, I understand that's the easy win, you know, getting someone, to, you know, you buy something, you're done with it, you get somebody else to buy it. That's great in terms of it's better, I should say. It's better than just putting it straight into landfill. But it's not circularity and it bugs me that, that, that the conversation gets hung up there because unless the person you're selling it to is going to make something else out of it, all you're actually doing is extending the linear life cycle of that original product. It's not in any way circular, right? I think we've had the we've had the wool pulled over our, our eyes collectively on this. Because um, if you're not re if you're not making the same thing again, even if you like downcycling is it's better, it's okay. But it's even that's not true circularity, right? What we need to do is is make something use it, and then make that same thing again out of it. That is true circularity. Um, and that's what we've achieved. It's, it's been a, you know, a couple of years in the process, but I'm really happy that, that that's the case. So, you know, we, we launched that uh, recycled fabric earlier this year along with our take-back scheme. That is very exciting. I hope that kind of other brands are taking note at what can be done and what they can do because – Ultimately, it would be amazing for brands to be held accountable for the waste that they're producing. And even if it is in a couple of years' time because something has been made so well, it shouldn't be on everybody else. It should be on the brand because they're the ones that initially were the ones that brought that into the world. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And I'm more than happy for that to be regulated. And I think it should be. You know, I don't know if it's going to come to the fashion industry first or maybe another industry, but I think that. I think it's coming down the line. I think that regulatory pressure is going to mount over time. Um, so, and yeah, I, I really welcome it because at the moment the fashion industry is self-regulated and frankly, it's not working, you know, between, between these 
spurious circularity claims between greenwashing, which is just literally rife. The entire industry is saturated by greenwashing. Um, it's really difficult for the consumer to navigate what is a good choice and what is a, a, not a good choice or maybe a less good choice. But, um, so I do, I do welcome regulation and I, I think it would help everybody, consumers alike. No, definitely. I think there are not many examples that people can give of where self-regulation actually does work. So bring in the big dogs. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So one more question for you today, which I'm asking every single guest. What is one actionable thing that our guests can do tomorrow to help save our planet? That's a great question. Um, The I'll speak from the fashion perspective, I think. Um, the easiest thing to do is check the care labels on things you want to buy. Um, a huge a huge amount of the carbon emissions of anything, but fashion in particular, is, is wrapped up in the materials that are used to make your clothes. Um, and so sadly... So much of our clothing it uses polyester. You know, I think the, the current stats are something like 60% of all clothes made contain polyester, whether 100% poly or, or, or a poly blend. And that's problematic for many reasons. Um, one, poly is made out of plastic, which is made out of oil, which needs to be extracted and from the earth, and it's a non-renewable resource, and it's killing the planet. So, like, don't buy polyester is the short story. Um, but also when it's combined, like you get cotton poly blends in T-shirts and things like that, they're really common. Um, the trouble with those is that they actually right now, as of today, cannot be recycled at scale. And so the the decision to buy that product also, it locks in a linear life cycle, right? You We cannot do anything with those clothes after you're finished with it. So unlike choosing a natural fiber, which either can be recycled or it, if not, at least it will eventually decompose and, and go back to the earth. So the very easiest thing you can do, assuming you're going to buy something, right, the easiest and best thing you can do is check the care labels. The best thing you can do is not buy anything. You know, don't buy new clothes if you don't really need them. Um, and if you do, make sure that you're buying the most sustainable ones you possibly can and if uh, if I can convince you, it doesn't even have to be Citizen Wolf, but if it's not made to order, it's not sustainable. Thank you so much for joining us today, Zoltan. That has been so fascinating and so interesting, and I'm quite disheartened about the whole e-commerce um, returns rate, but I am inspired that hopefully people listening to this will make a difference and will make a change. So thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 